Welcome to the Xterra Podcast. The Xterra mission is to explore and discuss the business of space and its effect on the national and global economy, as well as life on Earth. How does what happens in space affect your life every day? That's what we're exploring on the Xterra website, as well as on this podcast. And my guest today is Bill Clanky, the CEO of the Space Intel Report. Bill, thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Tom. Thanks for having me. Let's start off with your background. I think it was kind of a circuitous path that you took from where you began your career to where you are today. So talk about that a little bit. Sure. Thanks, Tom. Uh, you know, my background is, is pure media background. Uh, I started with a small media company on Long Island, where I'm from. Uh, a long, long time ago, and kind of re- rose through the ranks on the business side of it, you know, so it's the typical inside sales guy to the outside sales guy to regional sales manager to national sales director to associate publisher, publisher, and president. So what it demonstrates is that, frankly, Tom, I just can't hold the job, and that they had to, you know, they, they had to keep on moving me along here. So uh, I, I was but I was very fortunate. Later in my career, um, I was in, I was introduced to um, to to the space industry, and I, I you know I, I joined space a, a space media company back in um, 2000, and you know it was really very very circuitous that I, I was able to join that and, and have enjoyed my, my time in, in the space industry uh, since I've joined. So then, how did you come to found the Space Intel Report? Sure, as, as I mentioned, I was at I was at a media company, uh, space media company, and Peter DeSelding, my partner, and I were, were talking for quite some time about the challenges a the media industry was facing and, and the space industry, the changes that were taking place in the space industry. And so on the media side, what we realized very quickly was that to a certain extent, news was becoming a commodity, that what happened, telling people what happened as, as typical newspapers do, was really was, was being lost, was not being valued. Uh, most people were getting that on Twitter now. And so we were really looking at how do we how do we have a product that tells people what it means? And so there's no one better at it than, than my partner, Peter DeSelding, who heads up the editorial team at, at Space Intel Report. Additionally, what we saw, if you intersect that with the space industry, what we're seeing, it was the change in the space industry that was so important that, that allowed us to start Space Intel Report because it, it really started to change into the business of space where people were, were, were accessing the capital markets, where they were looking at things. Uh, they were going to space, not to just to go to space or getting into space, not just to go to space, but to do other things. Uh, analytics, uh, big data, uh, communications, things of that nature. So it, it was changing and the business of space was becoming incredibly important to the, to the success of any, any company. And so five years ago, we, start, we started Space Intel Report with the idea of reporting on the business of space. And uh, we've had quite a, quite a wonderful run in the last five years. You know, we could probably spend the entire half hour talking about the media because I'm a longtime media guy myself. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm concerned that people get so much information from Twitter because right. it's not a reliable source. No. No, and, and there are a lot of non, non-reliable sources out there, but, you know, we, we, we stick to our knitting in terms of what Peter does. You know, uh, you know most people are familiar with who Peter is. He, he's been in this industry a long time, and uh, our, our success is really predicated on, on all the wonderful things he, he does. 
So then tell me about the specific segments of space commerce that Space Intel Report focuses on. Sure. So I'm, I'm going to broaden that if, if, you, if you would allow me time, sure. you know, because I, 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 I don't think we, you know, we, a segment of what we do is commerce, but we really look at it from the business of space and, 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 and that changing nature. Uh, when we look at it, there are probably base, four basic elements when we, when we look at a story, when Peter looks at a story, it's the management teams, the funding, their business models, and, and probably most importantly, the end markets that they serve. This is an industry that for quite some time was always internal looking, always, always talking to itself. We've, I think we've changed that. And not only have we changed from looking at the industries that we focus on, that Peter focuses on and writes about and, and their impact, but he, he also does it much more on an international basis than anybody else. Uh, we carry more international content, global content on the space industry than does any, anybody else. So you're looking more at the the financial side of it than the nuts and bolts. Here's a really cool new Dizzy Wizard that's supposed to be used in space. You know, we'll only look at that, Tom, if it has an impact on their business and what it means to their business. Uh, you know, Peter had a wonderful story last week about su the supply chain issues uh, that a, a satellite operator was happening, having in getting their satellites up and what that meant to their overall business and what it meant to the financials. And 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 the, and the report, you know, the, and the guidance they were giving the giving uh, analysts on that. Why did you decide to focus on that aspect of space commerce as opposed to the nuts and bolts? I think there was there was a number of reasons there. It it, it was what we we were we were both familiar with. We we thought that it was relative to our overall business model. It worked well. Uh, you know, our, our, our target audience uh, demographic is really vice president and above. Uh, the, that's the information they needed. We didn't see anybody else doing that. And so we felt as though that was, that was the best use of our, 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 our limited resources at that time. Bill, you've talked about a lot of your experiences. How does what you did in your early career as a publisher relate back to getting involved in a startup company and then into space commerce? Sure, Tom, thanks, thanks for the question because I think it's an interesting one. Uh, so the first part of my, my, my career was spent at, at major media companies, uh, most notably Reed Business Information, which was Connors Publishing, which was part of the Reed Elsevier empire, if you will. Uh, I, I, made a, I made a right turn, a significant right turn back in the, in, in the mid 90s when I joined Career Builder, I, I think I was Career Builder's fourteenth uh, employee, and and I remember thinking about going to Career Builder, and at the, the founder Rob McGovern, who can be a very persuasive man, when I said, you know, let let me think about it because I was going to take a significant pay cut uh, at that time, and he, he said, look, your decision, but but let me let me let me give you a scenario here, when 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 you're sitting with your grandchildren ways from here and your, your your granddaughter your grandson asked you you know so so what did you do during the internet revolution do you really want to say you stayed at a print company and so i basically said well i think i can start on monday if you give me a couple of days uh <laughs> so so but but i i i joined i joined career builder and um i want to say mid 90s took it public uh about four years later and that was an incredible process because you, you go through the ups and downs of it all. You see it, you truly see it all, Tom, you know, from the, 
the, the times where you go, my goodness, I, you know, this is going to be close to the times that, you know, just, you know, watching the bell being rung for, for the first trades that take place. Uh, and, and what I will tell you, it's a lot more fun taking, taking uh, a company public than being a publicly traded company, which was, which was awfully tough. Um, but my job at that company was I was VP of business development. So all the major uh, partnerships went through my group. So we had partnerships with Microsoft and at that time, Business Week and uh, USA Today. And what we did was we ran their career centers, but it gave me a wonderful opportunity to really understand how partnerships work and how partnerships, you know, not only how do you, you get them signed, which I, which I was actually fairly good at, but how do you really make them work? And so I think when I look at that experience and I look at the partnerships that I've had to do make when at Space Intel Report, you, you look at things and you say, we don't have the, the working capital to get that done. So we need to, we need to develop a partnership with somebody to get that done, to either grow our audience, to do these things. And, and, and the good news has been that people have been so incredibly receptive, but I think that the ability to develop those partnerships, to, to have those relationships, and, 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 and I got to take a step back because I, I would be remiss. You know, any, any modicum of success I've had in this industry is because of the wonderful partnerships and friendships, frankly, I've made in this industry. And there, there are just so many people, but it really does start with a gentleman named Lon Raines, who was the, at that time the editor of Space News, who, who took me under his wing and, and in the vernacular of my people was basically my consigliere at Space News and really did help me navigate so many of the, uh, of the, 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 you know, I was kind of the blind man walking through the, the, the minefield there for a while. And he, and he was incredibly helpful uh, in, in helping me. And, and additionally, a, a gentleman who I worked for, Dan Stone, who was new to the space industry, but we was, was a media guy like myself. So those internally, I, I had that support system externally, uh, uh, you know, guys like Eric Stalmer, Clay Morey, Bill Broderick. I mean, there's so many to name uh, that, you know, Jim Simpson, John Stouffer, uh, just you know, really helped me understand the industry and become part of the industry and allowed me to become part of the industry. That ability to develop those partnerships and, and to be able to call those folks and say, hey, I need to pick your brain has, is, is what makes the industry great. But what has made us, uh, what's allowed us to really accelerate our growth at Space Intel Report. So if I were to look at that experience, I would suggest it's really about developing those partnerships, those strategic partnerships, and making sure that they work for both, both parties involved. Uh, and and that, was a, that was a wonderful learning experience, both at CareerBuilder, then through my days uh, at, at Space News, and, and now here at Space Intel Report. Uh, really, really quite wonderful. Give me a little background on Peter. What, where did he come sure. from? So Peter is, you know, is, is the preeminent journalist in, in the commercial space industry. Uh, he's based out of Paris. He's been in Paris for, gosh, I, I want to say 30 years, maybe even a little bit longer. Had, you know, had started in other areas in journalism, but had been, you know, one of the original uh, reporters for Space News. Uh, I think he may have been one of the first reporters for Space News, if not the first. Uh, and had spent 25, 26 years at Space News uh, before he started Space Intel Report. Uh, dedicated, as dedicated to the craft as anybody I've ever met, and really is as is, 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 is eager to go out and get a story and, and be first with that story today as he was 30 years ago. It, it, the guy has a, 
an appetite for that and, and a desire and, and just unbelievable the, the way he continues to, to, to work, to work that beat. Go through your editorial process just a little bit. How do you determine what stories, or how does Peter determine what stories he's going to cover and, and then get into the, the nuts and bolts of that? Sure. I'm not so sure I'm going to be able to get into nuts and bolts because I really do leave it to Peter, but I'll, I'll talk on a, on a, on a higher level there. And, and I, I don't think this will come to, to, a surprise to your listeners uh, who, who know both Peter and I, you know, there, there's, there's one sacred rule that we have with Space Intel Report, and I've had throughout my, 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 my career in, in media, is that there, there is a separation of church and state. Uh, and and there, there is no equivocating in it. There's no gray area. It is, if you, you have an issue with any of the editorial uh, that we have, you need to talk to Peter DeSelding. If you think by by you know threatening and threatening is a strong word, but by, by suggesting that you know you're going to pull the advertising or you're going to pull subscriptions or whatever the, the financial uh, idea is, it, that will have no impact on it. Peter is uh, he's independent of it. We don't really talk about the editorial from that standpoint. He you know he he does what he does and he does it better than anybody, and and frankly. Tom, you know, I, I always joked when I was at Space News that, you know, I had a recurring nightmare that I, I did something crazy and that people walked out in mass, reporters walked out in mass, and that I was left coloring, you know, having to write something for Space News. And, you know, that was the end of it all. So, uh, I, you know, I, I'm a firm believer of this, the separation of church and state, and, and I've, I've, it, it's worked well for my, for my career. How has kind of the, the shift now from government-driven space to a more commercial-driven space segment. How, how has that changed not only what you're covering, but kind of the, the whole idea of the business of space? Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, it, it's interesting. So I think that the, the commercialization of the way companies work with the government has had a greater impact on government business than it has really on the commercial business. If you look at, you know, what SpaceX has done and, and, and the, the thinking and the philosophies they brought to, to going to market with the government, they've really changed the government business and bringing more commercial uh, processes and, and ideas to the government business. And it's forced other companies to change and to react to that. So I think that, you know, that, that certainly the commercial market has changed. And what you're seeing is that the government portion to close their business case, the government portion of their business has become smaller and smaller. But I, I really think it's been the reverse. I think it's the, you know, the idea of what we've, we do in the commercial market actually applying to, you know, using it with the government market and bringing things to market faster, quicker, better uh, and, and cheaper. And so I, I think that's been the biggest impact that, that's, that's happened since uh, Elon came out with, with, with SpaceX. But even in that case, Elon might not be where he is today without having gotten significant government contracts. A absolutely. Uh, and so how, how are you seeing when you look at various companies and, and their, their business models, how much does the government contract figure into those business models? And how important is all that? Oh, it, it's it's still an incredibly important part of their business. Uh, you know, there there were there was a number of companies, you know, going back a few years ago, talking about how 
they needed 0% of government business to close their business case. And now those same companies are talking that they need 40 to 50% government business. Um, I think it still plays an important role, but they are looking at the commercial business as being a significant part, part of their business and, and, and moving it forward in, in that fashion. Uh, certainly, you know, Starlink and what, you know, the, the, the you know, the, the, the LEO satellite constellations, looking at it from that standpoint, will have a tremendous impact on the commercial world. We're talking with Bill Clanky, co-founder and CEO of Space Intel Report. Take a moment right now to click on subscribe to make sure you don't miss any of the podcasts or if you're watching on YouTube, any of the videos from Xterra, the Journal of Space Commerce. Bill, what trends are you seeing right now? Uh, and I'll wait until you finish your uh, finish your water there. <laughs> Sorry, there. <laughs> oh no, that's quite getting get a little dry. Yeah, I, I hear you. So, so what trends are you seeing right now emerging in space commerce? So I, again, I'll, I'll take it from the business aspect of you know the, uh, of, of things. I, I think some of the trends are the availability of the uh, the, the capital markets to space companies. Uh, Taking on and looking at various economic tools, you know, whether it be going straight venture capital, uh, looking at SPACs, things of that nature, uh, bringing the necessary capital seems to be available out there that allow these companies to 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 to, to go to market. I think is tremendous. Uh, these companies are looking at it from the standpoint of not just going in the typical uh, civilian space. Uh, market, but looking at, at a commercial working with partnerships have become even stronger. You look at the analytics side of it. Uh, many companies have some really incredibly strong partnerships that help them uh, take advantage of, of their satellite assets. So I think when you look at it, there are a couple of things. One is the capital markets partnerships have become much more important. And uh, looking at it from a commercial standpoint in other areas that we, we traditionally hadn't looked at in the past. When you look at companies, um, and I want to draw some kind of a contrast between larger companies and smaller companies, because there is a big difference between a Lockheed Martin and uh, a smaller company dealing in space. But you look at companies, and you mentioned partnerships, and something that came immediately to mind was uh, NanoRacks and it was Lockheed Martin have gotten together on a space station concept. Correct. Are you seeing a lot of those kinds of things where a smaller company will team up with one of the giants in the industry to to push concept or an idea? Oh, I, th I think you're going to see more of that. Uh, and, and let's remember, Nanorex has been around for a while. Uh, mm. You know, they, they're a successful company. Uh, Jeff has done an incredible job there. They're now working, you know, talk about partnerships. They're now working with Voyager, uh, Dylan Taylor and his team are providing some great support there. So I really think that you're gonna see more of that. You know, it, it's it's easier to bring in partners than develop some, some technologies. Uh, if someone has them, there's no sense of reinventing that wheel. So I, I, so I guess the answer, you know, in a very long-winded way, Tom, is absolutely, I think you're gonna see more and more of those partnerships. It's how do you get to market faster, better? Talk about your business model. Sure. Sure. So we, we, we've looked at it differently. You know, when we started uh, five years ago, uh, there were a number of friends that I had in the media business that thought we were crazy from going the subscription route. Now it seems like all the cool kids are doing it and everyone's got a subscription product out there. And, uh, and so 
you know, we've been very fortunate. Uh, you look at it and, and you know, we, we start with, it's the editorial. Uh, and, and, and again, I, I'll, I keep on beating this drum here, but uh, because of what Peter's done, it gives us the opportunity to go out and, and, and sell, sell subscriptions to a whole host of people. We look at our total available market as not all that large. It's probably anywhere, it's probably anywhere from seven to 8,000 people. And really the serviceable available market there is probably closer to four to five. And so we're, we're, we're sitting about 2,500 people right now, subscribers, uh, and they, they cut across the, the, the globe. Uh, we, we have about 40% of our market is, is outside of North America. Uh, and, you know, but we are at every major satellite operator and, and new space company uh, out there right now. And so uh, we, we feel very fortunate that we've, we've had success with the subscription model. And, and we, we are, we're, 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 you know, we're very, very focused on, on, a, on a small group and providing that, them the information that they need to do their jobs. Do you accept advertising at all? Yeah, we do. No, no. And don't get me wrong. We absolutely accept and send those dollars as soon as you can. Uh, but yeah, we, we, we do. And we, 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 have, we have tremendous advertising support from companies like Arian Space, Airbus, um, you know, a, a, a number of other companies that we, we, we have on an ongoing basis that we, we're, we're very, we're, we're, we're very proud to, to carry on our website. What do you think it is that makes Space Intel Report attractive to companies like that for an advertising model when, by your own admission, you have a small audience? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it's it's not your typical web model because, you know, it, it is, you know, usually it's a CPM uh, a deal there. It's the right people. It's it's they they're know they know that they're they're getting the right people when when they when they advertise on the on on Space Intel Report. And so, you know, we don't get into a, a, a CPM discussion very often. We, we have them, uh, and, and certainly our clients want to know. But when, when we show them who's coming to the website, they get, they get a lot more comfortable with, 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 with the program that we've provided them. Space Intel Report and NextTerra both cover space commerce, admittedly somewhat differently. But how in your mind are our two organizations different? And how might they complement each other? I, I, I think I'm going to intersect those two, Tom, because you guys are doing some really great things. So, um, well, thank you. I, I, I think that when you look at it, you're, you're much broader than we are. I, I would say that you look at things from a broadcast model where you're going to to, to much larger audience. Uh, I, I would, and, and I hope I'm not wrong here, but or and if I am, please tell me. You know, you're, you're you know, you're you're going to the much broader uh, space community, if you will. We don't look at it from that standpoint. We we look at it. You know, we we stick to that that audience. We work to that audience. We you know we're we're a, a paid paywall subscription. Uh, you can't get behind the door without paying for it. So I think in that regard, you guys are much broader. We're much more narrow focused. And because of that, we, I think we, we complement each other because it's, it's the entire ecosystem that, that will need to know about the space industry to, to move it forward. Everyone's going to help lift this industry to much greater things in the future. How do you see things going in the next 10 to 15 years? If you had a crystal ball and you could look into it from kind of a business perspective, what do you see coming in space commerce? Gosh, Tom, if I knew that, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. I'd be writing a book. <laughs> so, you know, I thought I thought we were friends, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> we are. I, I would say that to any one of my friends. Um, so, no, the, 
the, the, the answer is, I, I'm not sure. I, I'll, I'll give you, a, I'll demonstrate how incredibly old I am. Uh, I, you know, previous industry that I was in was a semiconductor industry when I was out on the West Coast. And one of my largest accounts was, was Intel. And I was spending a bunch of time with them because they had a product, a microprocessor that they didn't know what they were going to do with. And they were looking at large consumer markets. And, and, you know, they were at that time, they were looking at the automotive market and how do they break into that and how do they, they get microprocessors into every car. But before, but as they were working through those and that go to market strategy, the personal computer exploded and they now ended up putting microprocessors in, in, in every PC. And so you, they developed all these alliances in a program called Intel Inside. We're going to have that PC moment in the space industry, whether it's in, in, in analytics and in, in imagery, whether it's you know helping to you know, telecommunications and, and internet service providers in, 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 in areas, but we will have those markets. I think what's going to drive that, and, and I'll talk more to what I think the dynamics might be, is that we need to look at this industry differently than we have in the past. We need to less be less excited about the the, the space assets that we work with, as cool as they are, and be more concerned about the go-to-market strategies, the the markets that we serve, and and how do we compete in those markets uh, in a competitive fashion, uh, and not and in, in, in the bigger markets that allow us to do that. Whether it's mobile, uh, you know, driverless cars, uh, things of that nature. So I think if we start looking at it from that standpoint and say, okay, what what are our real advantages? What are but what are our advantages in this market? I think that will allow us to really move move forward and 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 and, and take a step function leap in in, in growing this business. Uh, and there there's certainly a lot of smart people in this industry that know how to do it. Uh, and and I'm I'm very confident that we're going to get there. And this is going to be an exciting time in the next ten to fifteen years. Right. And and you mentioned the semiconductor industry. There was a bubble in that whole dot com high tech. Uh, business back in the mid to late nineties. Is that a possibility in space? Well, how, how fast are these companies going to come and go? I, I don't know. You know, I, I lived through that, unfortunately, Tom, you know, uh, so, thanks for, so thanks for bringing it up, by the way. I, I, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I thought we were friends, um, but, but, you know, will, will, will there be some lessons learned? Absolutely. Will it be as, as dramatic as it was in, in the, in the, in the space, uh, in, the, in the semiconductor industry or in the dot-com industry? I don't think so. I, I, I don't think so. I think, I think there'll be a use of, of, of technologies. Uh, you're, you're seeing interesting partnerships, uh, you know, with Firefly and Astra. Um, you know, so I, I think we're, 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 we're going to go through some changes. But, you know, uh, as a venture capital guy told me one time, it, you know, when, when I make a, an investment, it, I'm not making an investment on, on the horse. I'm making it on the jockey. And there are a lot of great jockeys in this industry who really do understand this industry a whole bunch better than I do. Were you the kid like I was who had the opportunity and I was 10? I, and I, I, won't, I won't ask you to give away your age, but when I sat and watched Neil Armstrong make those first steps on the moon at, when I was at summer camp, um, that kind of really got me involved in being interested in space. Um, now, I haven't been involved in, in this aspect of space for, for that long, but it's something that's always kind of been there for me. Are, is, was it that way with you, or are you kind of a, did you come lately to the space game? 
I, I, I came late to the space game, but I got to live every person's dream because not only did I get to, to watch this as a, as a kid, like you were, you know, on, on that grainy black and white TV, but I get to, I get to, I got to meet Dr. Armstrong. Mm. And, and he, 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 you know, he, there is no more of a wonderful gentleman than, than, than Neil Armstrong. I mean, he's just unbelievable uh, and got to sit and chat with him, had dinner with him on a number of occasions. So I, I, I got to live that. And I, and I will tell you that, you know, I have two, two sons at that time who were in high school. And I mentioned that I took Dr. Armstrong to the airport. And it was one of the few times where they, they, they stood up and listened about what the story I was about to tell them. Most times they just kind of glaze over and, you know, yeah, dad, sure, dad. But this one was, you, you, Neil Armstrong was actually in the car. Yes. You know, and, and, and you, you really do get to puff your chest out and help hold your head up really high when you, when you get to talk to people like that and just get to get to be around them. Uh, just truly a great American hero. Your cool dad factor went up three or four notches that day. Yeah. The, the, the operative phrase there is that day. It, it went right back down <laughs> the following day, Tom. In fact, I think I lost some uh, the following day, you know? So, yeah. Well, Bill, we are out of time. I really appreciate you taking time oh. out to talk to us today. It's been an interesting conversation. I thank you very much. Tom, my pleasure. Thank you for having me on. That is going to do it for this edition of the Xterra podcast. You can subscribe to the audio version of the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other popular podcasting platforms. Be sure to click on subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode of the podcast or any of our other videos. You can also get daily news at xterrajsc.com. And one thing more, be sure to connect with us on LinkedIn and follow us on Twitter at xterrajsc. Until next time, I'm Tom Patton. Thanks for joining us.